0: Hello and welcome to YOY, the podcast where we talk about things in an element of mystery, confusion or misrepresentation. I'm Matt Hartless, I'm a musician and journalist.
1: I'm AJ Hill, I'm
0: a comedian and idiot. And this week we're going to be talking about Dejima.
1: Dejima, yes. So, Matthew, what do you know about Shogun Japan? And uh...
0: I, I know very little, but I would like to do the uh, the housekeeping first. Oh, yeah. So you can, uh, if you like what you're hearing, you can support us on BuyMeACoffee.com/slash y0ymcr and uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and twitter at the moment where it will be y zero y podcast oh there's also a bonus episode it's already up there might be more bonus episodes coming by the time this goes out but there are definitely more in the pipeline um but yeah for now so shogun era japan yeah so this is this is pre the period that we're going to be talking about no I presume it's
1: pretty much the period oh it's pretty much yeah. the
0: period so the 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 edo period yeah the edo, edo period. period
1: yeah so Um, So just so you know, after this, we're going to watch this film called G.I. Samurai with Sonny Chiba. If you don't know who Sonny Chiba is, he was in Kill Bill, but you might remember him more from True Romance because they go and see a Sonny Chiba triple bill. And that's where uh, that's where um, Christine Slater meets has a prostitute sweep him off his feet, which is what we're all hoping for in (laughs) life, isn't it? Uh, So, yeah, basically, this movie is about a platoon of japanese soldiers who get sucked into a time vortex and they find themselves in um the edo period of japan <laughs> he basically he sorry Chiba basically says to his platoon um to get back in the time slip we've the only way to sort of uh, get back to our own time is to beat history <laughs> so they just okay. they start attacking samurai <laughs> with their guns and tanks it's great Fantastic! That mm. Sounds
0: sounds great. We'll uh, we'll have a we'll have a great laugh watching that. I am sure.
1: Right. So so the shogun era, shogunate, shogun era of Japan, Edo yes. period, was a very warring time in mm-hmm. in Japan in Japanese history. So basically, there were lots of uh, shoguns. You had the uh, emperor, who was the top of the caste. Yeah. And then you had the court nobility. Then you had the shogun. Then you had the daimyo, uh, daimyo. I always do the episodes, Matt, with, with the, 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 the words that I can't pronounce. So the, uh, well, don't the, worry. Next,
0: next time, it's my turn yeah. to uh, say lots of Turkish and Kurdish words. Good. So uh,
1: Then you've got the samurai, then the peasants, then the uh, craftsmen and the merchants. So they were, that's the order of things.
0: Yeah. Um, so the shoguns are near the top, then?
1: Shoguns near the top, yeah. It gets a bit complicated because um, we're going to be talking about a gentleman called uh, Eyaso Tokugawa. He was born in 1543, and uh, he was a very ambitious fellow. Mm -hmm. He became the main shogun in Japan, and and basically his sort of reign, as it were, lasted until 1886. I think 1886, when his like descendant died. So his descendant died. Right. Okay. The shogun basically then got cancelled for reasons that we're going to find out about.
0: Okay. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he was called the Badger. (laughs) He (laughs) He was known as the Badger, the old Badger.
0: He was Brian May.
1: He was Brian May, (laughs) yeah. And uh, he was quite the fighter. Kyoko Gawa, between 1633 and 1639, made the Sakuko uh, Edicts, which basically wanted to get rid of Western influence from Japan and get rid of foreign influence. So there's several reasons for this. One being, you know how we live in Britain, right? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm aware.
1: So we yeah. live in Britain, and you get these old blokes who go, oh, you know, these dirty foreigners coming over here, being dirty foreigners, messing up this country, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, <laughs> in the case of Japan, foreigners were dirty. So the Japanese yeah. used to wash every day, so they'd have a bath every oh, day. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Whereas during this the, time, yeah, hygiene this, was not... Yeah. yeah, during this time, the Europeans wouldn't wash for months. <laughs> uh, so no. they were so <laughs> known as the Southern Barbarians. Oh, right, That's okay. That's what they were called. Basically, they would eat with a a knife in their hands, whereas having, you and I just having had a lovely Japanese meal, Mm -hmm. Japanese at this time were eating with chopsticks. So the Japanese were quite civilized, and the Europeans weren't. Yeah, Um, And they just kept mucking things up. So there was lots of Portuguese missionaries around, and the Portuguese missionaries, wherever they went, Portuguese tradesmen would go. And Tokugawa realized that what was happening was that so the second-in-command, the people under the shogun. So the people under the shogun, basically... Uh, the, it was the demios. The, the demios, yeah, the district leaders. They sort of... They basically would just start making money from having Christians around who were trading right, and making yeah. lots of money. And so that because they were getting richer, their influence would spread. Okay. Tokugawa wanted to consolidate his power, basically. What happened then was that like he was like, this, this needs to stop. So we, don't, we need to get rid of them. So they started booting people out of the country. And um, in 1634, they built Dejima. So Dejima yes. was built in 1634, which was an artificial island mm-hmm. off the coast of Nagasaki exactly. Bay, which yeah. was a very deep bay. So the, the thing about Japan, which traders loved, was that it had very deep bays. So obviously you could
0: yeah make, get get massive ships massive in there. ships yeah. yeah
1: with loads of stuff on it. Mm. So they built. So the Portuguese built this island in. A, 1633, sorry, and then in 1634, the Dutch moved on there. And this period basically they decided that what they were going to do was they were just solely going to trade with the Chinese, the Dutch, and uh, the Portuguese. Now, the Dutch and the Portuguese had to stay on Dejima, which means exit island, so it means exit island. They had to oh, stay I there, and it was fan shaped. It was a 9,000 square meter fan shaped island and so that's that's
0: says quite incredible that that was made in 1633
1: mm. it is yeah i mean like when when you think about artificial islands because it's quite interesting because the japanese still do that to this day because they're yeah. obviously in a lot of places they're sort of limited on space mm. because it's a very mountainous uh, country mountainous country and then where they where they can sort of have cities and stuff they uh, their densely, cities are crowded very yeah. densely populated yeah. tokyo um, it's, I believe it's, it's the biggest city
0: in the world, isn't it? The most populated city in the world, it's I mean. It's
1: definitely the most populated city in the world. I don't know about yeah. the biggest, but it's massive, is it? It's like... Yeah. Uh, are you it's a ju-
0: just t- t- 25 million people live there. there yeah, or thereabouts. something like that. Yeah. Have,
1: you, have, you ever, have you ever... Are you a Judge dread fan?
0: Judge Dredd. Yeah, uh, <laughs> basically all I know about Judge Dredd is the is the classic Sylvester Stallone scene. It's the, it's the law, the law. Oh dear, well,
1: um, <laughs> so, that's
0: basically all I know about Judge Dredd. Yes.
1: Well, you should definitely watch Carl uh, Urban as Judge Dredd because he's a better Judge Dredd than. Uh, I I've heard this. Sylvester, yeah. Slo- Sylvester Stallone is quite a controversial figure in uh, Judge Dredd circles because he takes his helmet off within like no time. At all oh right, and and he's Dredd not never supposed to. his Helmet to, to, off okay. here. Uh, but the point that I was bringing that up is because um, Tokyo is basically as close to Mega City One as is possible. It's just a huge expanse of an urban area, yeah. that's densely populated. Uh, like when you're flying over it, you look down; it just looks like a massive tumor on on the planet. Basically, it's just this big, you know, grey area surrounded by green. Because as you say, it's a very mountainous country. Yeah. So they didn't quite have this problem at the time. Uh, Tokyo was called Edo then. Yes, and uh, it wasn't as densely populated <laughs> as Japan is now. But the point is that the Europeans had to stay on Dejima, on Dejima Island. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese could live in Nagasaki. Um, so for a while, eventually that got changed.
0: So that's that, that, that's basically my my knowledge on on, on Dejima kind of ends there in, in that it was sort of the meeting point between worlds, i.e. the Dutch and Portuguese were allowed to go to Dejima and everywhere else in the world except for Japan. And the Japanese were allowed in Japan and to go to Dejima to trade, but they weren't allowed out. It's, mm. it's
1: worse than that because, because of these rules that are implemented, Japanese merchants who were not on the mainland when they were put in place couldn't go home. Oh, so yeah, they were they were not they were not allowed to, uh... <laughs> they
0: just just sailed home and said, "Oh, I'm back from my fishing trip." You,
1: you, you're barred, mate. <laughs> yeah. No entry at the club. You've got the wrong shoes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's what happened with them.
0: Reminds me of uh, reminds me of a time in a, in a when I used to live in a in a flat in a built in a terrace house that was just converted into flats, um, and somebody like near the end of the time I was living there, somebody kicked the front door in mm-hmm. because they were they clearly got very drunk, and I think they probably thought like they'd forgotten that they didn't live there anymore, um, or maybe they just. Got the wrong address and they were trying to get in a few doors down, but yeah, they'd, they'd kick the door in. It clearly realised that they were in the wrong house and then had just like left their takeaway by way of saying sorry. <laughs> really? Yeah. So that just uh, that just reminded me of that. People coming back, going, yeah, we're we're Japanese. I'm going home now. Oh oh oh, it's all changed. This isn't my home anymore, and I'm now no longer considered Japanese. Well, yeah. I mean, damn. like <laughs>
1: it was a very strange time. So on the actual island itself, uh, the only Japanese people that were allowed on the island were prostitutes. So prostitutes were the only people allowed to actually... Female prostitutes were the only people allowed on the island to service the uh, Dutch... Hmm. Traders. Traders, yeah. So well, interestingly yeah. And, enough... And
0: this created a thing where then the children born of... When, when when it happened, children born in that way were... Like, basically, they were confined to Dejima, weren't they? They, they, couldn't, yeah, they, were, they couldn't go with the Europeans because they, they were too Japanese to be allowed to do that, but they weren't Japanese enough to be allowed into Japan, so... Dutchma became their universe.
1: Yeah, so th- they had different words for the Japanese prostitutes. I've put this up here. The prostitutes that could service the Dutch traders were called a uh, Aranda uh, Yuki, and uh, the Chinese had um, Karaoke and Karaoke, Karaoke, yeah, Karaoke, because they were fantastic karaoke. singers. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the thing is that, like, the Dutch traders had to pay a, uh, Dutch and Portuguese traders had to pay significantly more. For the prostitute services and the chinese uh, okay. men i don't know why but that's just something that was happened um i assume possibly because they didn't bathe so if you're a oh, prostitute right yeah yeah are you really going to want to uh you know sleep with somebody who hasn't had a bath in yeah, a few months. months
0: yeah yeah so it's <laughs> what well, basically I had to bribe them to
1: yeah. But you're right. It it was so,
0: they were so ugly, they had, to, they had to pay prostitutes more to have sex with them.
1: But there was very interesting things that happened with these prostitutes, because the reason I wanted to bring up these prostitutes is because it was, it was quite fascinating. So the Chinese the Chinese had less restrictions, but eventually they got more restrictions put on them in 1635, uh, I believe. <laughs>
0: it didn't last long then, a year.
1: Didn't, yeah, a couple of years, a year. They fucked
0: it. What did they do? <laughs> That's what I want to know. After a year, they were like, oh, fuck these guys.
1: No, it's uh, sorry. It was later than that. Um, there was a yeah. There's a Chinese settlement set up in 1688. So they and um, and basically what would happen is the Japanese prostitutes weren't allowed to stay in the settlement for more than one night. So they had to leave in the morning and go past some guards. But the thing about that is, they, obviously, people being people, they fall in love. Mm. So what? What some Japanese. Karayuki, no, that's no, not Karayuki. san Karayuki. san's Japanese prostitutes that sleep with Japanese men. They've got see regulations. It's very complex.
0: Yeah, all this, all this red tape.
1: Red, there's a lot Bloody of red brussels. tape around sex. <laughs> yeah, um, Kyoto. No, um, yeah. So basically, um, the prostitutes would sneak back in. They would literally step over their footsteps, <laughs> so they could get Amazing. back in without being noticed. So they could be with their loved ones. But all yeah, that. so it was really, really regulated.
0: So apart from shenanigans with prostitutes, what other kind of shit went down in well, in, in Dejima then? What sort well, of interesting interesting thing, hap- things happened that might have threatened the the status quo?
1: So well, the thing that threatened the status quo was that like um, literature would leak in. So the literature. Uh, in fact, this is this is a good time to talk about a certain individual uh, called Engelbert Kampfer. So, Engelbert Kampfer uh, was born in 1651, and he died in 1716, and uh, he was a German naturalist, physician, explorer, and writer, and basically, for a while, he was the only person that we knew uh, information about Japan and Japanese culture, ah, and so right. he was yes. allowed, yeah. to, He was, so basically, the people from Dejima, the traders, and um, Engelbert Kampfer, they got told to go to see the emperor, so they went to see the emperor, and... Uh, He made... The emperor killed them all. No, 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 no. It's better than that. It's way better than that, Matthew. The emperor... (laughs) I'm laughing at it. The emperor made this physician, Engelbert Kampfer, dance for him for several hours. (laughs) So the the emperor was behind a bamboo screen and he made Engelbert Kampfer just dance. And like Engelbert Kampfer found this very rude. (laughs) Yeah, you might. (laughs) I'm a German naturalist. I've, I've written a book on the uh, history of Japan. Why are
0: you making me do why, why are you making me dance? What you know, is the
1: point? Um, so he made he made medical observations, but yeah, as he um, he had to dance for the emperor, and he and the, the emperor basically every time he stopped dancing, the emperor just kept saying, "No, no, you you, you dance for me." But yeah, so for a very long period of time, our understanding of Japan came from Engelbert Camphor, but also having that kind of mixture where they were allowed from Dejima to go and see the emperor, Western so Western influence was still getting into Japan. So this is a perfect opportunity to talk about the criminal corpse, actually. The criminal uh, corpse. The criminal corpse. So, Ronguku.
0: Ronguku. Yeah.
1: Let's have a look. I'll just make sure that I'm spelling that right. Ronguku is um, the study of Dutch culture by Japanese people. Ah, okay. And uh, this started... Uh, largely because of,
0: was it the study of Dutch culture in the uh, in the same way that uh, the eighteen to thirty kind of holidays study Dutch cultures an ex- an excuse to smoke loads of weed?
1: Well, actually, what happened uh, was that basically in 1774 they had there was a, a Dutch te- a Dutch medical text that they found and they were passing around. And what the Japanese physicians realized was that there was lots of detailed illustrations in the book of the anatomy, which they had absolutely no knowledge of whatsoever. They got a criminal corpse. Now, the criminal corpse was a a dead old woman. (laughs)
0: dead old woman.
1: A dead old woman. I was she was been, she a criminal? She was a criminal. She'd been committing some petty crimes, and they murdered her for it. All right. Well, yeah, execute, yeah, that's basically <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
0: basically uh, yeah, Shogun era Japan. Yeah, yeah, so they
1: just <laughs> execute this sweet little yeah. old lady because she'd been doing some dodgy things, and uh, and then in the in the sort of like main courtyard in a courtyard, they basically dissected her, and what they were doing. Was they were pointing the Japanese physicians were pointing out the organs that the Japanese knew about, and then when they didn't know the name of something, they were pointing to the text and going, "They know what that is, we don't know what that is." Um, So some physicians actually set about like translating this book, uh, which took them, I think, five or six years. It took them a long time to translate it to find out what was actually happening in the outside world. It's the whole thing. This whole thing with Dejima and like isolationism. Or, yeah, um, I mean, you you'd, you'd think it'd really be just weird. easier
0: to just go to someone who was Dutch and say, "What does this say?" And then they'd be able to tell you. Yeah, but obviously, yeah, if you if you did that, being you know and were obvious about it, then obviously that would be treason. I'm, well, yeah, I'm well, guessing, the, the, so, yeah, yeah, you you trouble. You so couldn't, couldn't do that
1: because quite often. Western things were prohibited, so Western things were pretty not supposed to have these things. So, obviously, mm. it has been the history of medicine that think that a lot of things in medicine have been prohibited. So, it used to be mm. illegal to cut up corpses to find out what was going on inside them. I mean, it still is for certain people today. You can't, like me and you, couldn't just go cutting up a corpse. <laughs> well, yeah, around.
0: <laughs> yeah, Burke and Hair kind of thing. Just, yeah, like, exactly. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, we can't just go down the local, local cemetery and just go, all right. <laughs> Biology lesson.
1: <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, but um, but yeah. So there was just lots of things that were very secretive. They were you know, passing around Bibles. Bibles was a big thing because the Por- Portuguese. Miss- so the Portuguese missionaries before they got banned, mm-hmm. they were like, "Look, it's a- Japan is a godless country. Uh, it's not. It's got Shintoism, which is yeah. a wonderful religion, that- and it's got it's got Buddhism, which was Buddhism was kind of like not really wanted as well. But the, the point is that like. A mission, a, missionary, a missionary would spend all his life, because there were always he's back in the day, he'd spend all his life in Japan trying to teach the word of God. If it, if we only got one Japanese convert, it would be worth a whole life spent sort of trying to convert yeah. people to the word of Christ, the power of Christ. And obviously in the Shogun era, when things were pretty volatile, people were considering death, so actually they got a lot of traction. So there were Bibles around that people couldn't really read. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the problem how do you sort of like learn about Christ if you can't read the language mm, um, yeah which was a big problem in Catholicism because it was all in Latin so that it wasn't really for the common folk to understand um, but yeah either way so it was banned it was all banned things were banned but it was like hey psst hey I've got it's like in Soviet Soviet Russia where it was like any western stuff you know if you've mm. got like oh, I've got this record I've got like a new Beatles record <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah, stuff. Like yeah. It was a very similar sort of vibe. Obviously, they didn't have LPs back in the 18th century. No. <laughs> but, yes. Well, I, we
0: don't know because little information came out of Japan at that point. Maybe they did. This Maybe they true. did have LPs. This is true. And, uh, and, and vinyl players. But,
1: but the problem is that... They like, never found out about. So, during this period, sort of 220 years... Things stabilised in Japan, but that actually caused massive social problems because of things stabilising. So you had a whole samurai class. Samurais were, like, employed by the... Uh, what's they called? Damamu?
0: Oh, the, the dem, de, demios. Demios, that's it. Yeah.
1: I need, I need to write that on my hand. I should write this down on my hand. <laughs> The demios, yeah, so the demios, they... Basically, they would just always call them samurais, like, I need help. You need to defend this area. We need to go to war. Right, but, yeah. like... Once there's no war,
0: they're kind of mercenaries. They're they're yeah. not
1: mer- They're not mercenaries because a mercenary would be somebody who's masterless. So that's like a ronin. A ronin's more of a mercenary. A ronin was a masterless samurai. Right? Okay. Would go around from place to place, like, it's kind being of a like- muscle for hire. But yeah,
0: yeah. So kind of like in in sort of like Game of Thrones parlance, it's the the banners. Like you know, you well, get all your all, all your leal lords to send you their. I mean, I was just going to talk of... more
1: about our history. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's good. Yeah, you're right. But like yeah. I would have said like more like the knights. So you know. Yeah. In yeah, our, that's, that's, yeah, that's 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 So they it's like, like yeah. Sir. In this day and age, you get Sirs. So the Queen goes out and knights like um, she goes and knights like Paul McCartney. Now, if uh, if anybody ever <laughs> invaded. Brent, country, Paul Britain McCart- Paul McCartney to, would be called yeah. up by the Queen to protect the land. So that's sort of what the those lords would be doing. <laughs> They'd be like you. So that's what the samurai were. The samurai were like the knights. Hey, can me country? <laughs> yeah. Sir Ringo Starr. Thomas was very angry because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but but basically because Tokugawa because Tokugawa was very successful at what he did. He was a master strategist. He basically helped stabilize the country and so all the samurai had absolutely nothing to do at the same time the the craftsmen and the and the merchants who were the lowest in society they actually started making quite a bit of money and were becoming quite prosperous mm. and so there was a lot of problems because samurai would be walking around with nothing to do and uh, the merchants were making a lot of money so and this just went on
0: so the samurai were getting jealous but did 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 it end up becoming like um you know, you get every once every few years, you'll you'll get a story come out about fire brigades who just start setting fires because they haven't got anything to do. Is it? Are we heading in that kind of direction? Like samurais and start just like inventing conflicts so they had something to do?
1: Not, not quite. I mean, so Japan even to this day, Japan is very structured and it's got a lot of honor all right systems. so that would
0: be dishonorable to do, so, to do yeah that, it yeah. would
1: but the problem is that no but this is was the problem the problem is that the samurai were there to sort of keep the peace. they were keepers of the peace they're a bit like jedis right. so like you know in in the prequels you see the jedis yeah, keepers of the peace, yeah, and yeah. So they're like that but the problem is that they were pissing <laughs> they were drunkards so a lot of them would just be going around the country just getting hammered and anything they saw as a slight they would just go right i'm gonna kill you and because they were the only people allowed to carry two swords on them Right. So they had a big sword and a smaller sort of dagger, which I don't know the name of. But if you want to do your homework and let me know, dear listener, look it up.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't hold your hand throughout the whole thing. It's first person. You know, if you listen to this podcast episode thinking you were going to get detailed uh, scientific analysis of over two hundred years of Japanese. Uh, cultural and political history. Yeah, no, then uh, you, is, you were very
1: mistaken. This is not what this is. This is just an excuse for me and Matthew to chat about stuff that we don't understand to one another, and then, <laughs> and then you guys can sort yeah. of figure it off yourself. We just you, we, we just stick some mics.
0: In front of you. We'd be doing yeah, this anyway if exactly. we weren't. recorded a podcast. Thought we might as well try and make some sort of work and money out of it.
1: But you know, you know what a samurai is, right? Yes. Yeah. it's yeah. It's it's like Darth Vader, except Japanese. Darth Vader is a weeb.
0: A weeb. What's what's a weeb? A weeb
1: is someone who uh, is loves Japanese culture and wants to be Japanese, even though they're not Japanese. Oh, I
0: see. I know quite a few people who are like that.
1: Yeah, but Japanese culture is very weird. So with this caste system, it just became very complex. The samurai were not getting the work; they meant to be mm. defending people and fighting people, and they just had nothing to do. So they were often going yeah. to the pleasure district in Edo. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's were.
0: it's interesting that you you bring that up actually because that's the kind of the the fall of the feudal system in the West is kind of a similar thing. Yeah. Uh, in the, I mean, you know, the, that's, that's, that's why there've been like quite a lot of civil wars and like kind of like little kind of very pointless wars between two countries in Europe is you get kind of the same thing. It's just like, yeah, the, the peasants end up kind of moving above the nobles mm-hmm. um, because they're making more money because peacetime and there's, and there's profit and the nobles have absolutely nothing to do because, uh, yeah, so they so they end up getting poorer and 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 less have less power well, because they're not really able to influence anything. Well,
1: one problem that you have in feudal society and this caste system in Japan is that what happens with nobles and people high up is that they have children and then they have to divide their riches mm. amongst their children. So their children sort of stay in the same caste, but the actual pot of land. And resources gets divided up into smaller and smaller portions yeah. so that that's that is a massive issue um which happened and that obviously was happening with the uh, daios it's like well you're not like at this time like children were seen as a resource so you would marry children off to mm. yeah yeah but you know um it's not easy like obviously men were uh, sort of seen as, as a bigger sort of prize if you had a, a male heir that's what you wanted but there yeah. were female samurai a oh. uh, fem- female Samurai were there to defend the home and obviously uh, if if an enemy combatant took over the home, you were there, you couldn't have them disgrace you, so it was Seppuku. Seppuku is a samurai's death, so that's where you get a sword and you um
0: So, well, <laughs> so that was the reason we're having female samurai was that if they ended up No make, that... making making a tit out of whoever was trying to rob the house and they killed themselves. Um the, they're, like, they're like
1: Klingons. Just honor is very important to them. Yeah. So, so you know they don't have the bumpy foreheads, but um, they have all the swords. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they do. They just cut themselves open and watch their innards fall out. Because that's what friends do. <laughs> do <to laughs> you know. Blimey. Uh, yeah, blimey indeed. Um, so why why? Uh, honor is why folks. That's <laughs> what it is. Honor <laughs> is the main reason for yeah. everything, and also power and profit. So that's it. Um, yeah. well, I think
0: I think one of the, the the interesting things about about this though about about Dejima in this period of history in Japan, which is why I was interested in doing an episode on it, is that yeah, because of that isolationist thing for such a long period of time, is that Japanese culture has developed in a very different way to. Culture, any, any anywhere else in the world, and it it seems very silly and absurd to us. A lot of these things, but but yeah, it is sort of a very interesting kind of like a, a, a petri dish of how so, how cultural society develops without without external influences. So,
1: as you know, I've been to Japan. Yes, and uh, you're right, Japan. When you get to Japan, it's very interesting because it's the most technologically advanced society on the planet. Yeah. But it's also <laughs> steeped in tradition, so you've got this very strange mishmash yeah. of like very traditional like structures. So, for example, yeah, women um, are
0: not treated particularly well in Japan now, they. There's, there's I still, mean, yeah. So, I mean, I guess better now than, than yeah. back in the, the the Edo period. But,
1: but so we're talking about samurais. Samurai still exists to this day, but obviously they don't go around with swords. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Akira. Kurosawa, yes, Seven Samurai. Seven yeah. Samurai, but no, but the director himself, that's The Hidden Fortress. That's right. uh, the movie that George Lucas ripped off uh, for Star Wars. Oh, right, okay. So, but, however, um, Akira, Kawasawa, Akira Kira, Kurosawa. Akira Kurosawa. Sorry yeah. to any Japanese <laughs> listeners, Kurosawa. I am butchering your language. I think yeah. you're all wonderful. But, yeah, Akira Kurosawa, uh, he was of samurai class. So he, descend- oh, really? he descended from oh, samurai most... High up salary men, salary men is a term for corporate business types in Japan. Uh, most senior salary men uh, in Japanese industries, they are also samurai class. So, like everything else, just when you're there, you don't really see it. You know, to me, they're just all people. Uh, <laughs> you still, they still, foreigners are still a weird thing there for them. Um, mm. In fact, this is, yeah, so Japanese, I think i think japan is it's the most it is the most homogenous um society on the globe on the planet um country wise uh, more so than north korea uh, n- maybe not <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah um but let's have a look so uh, japanese population i believe it's 99% uh, japanese yeah um yeah, the
0: thing is, oh, I remember I remember watching a documentary a few years ago about this bloke. I can't remember what his name was, but he he was English anyway. This this guy, he was an English businessman, mm-hmm. and he was made the CEO of. Can't remember which company it was, but it was it was a major Japanese electronics company. Anyway, it might have been Kodak or something. Mm-hmm. Like, then they might be Korean now that I've said that, but anyway, whoever Fuji Film, perhaps. Um, anyway, he was made the CEO, uh, and basically, he wasn't the CEO for a very long time because nobody listened to him or did anything that he wanted because they were just like, well, he's not Japanese. He doesn't understand. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he was out of a job within a few months because the, just this, yeah, the, the tradition of how everything in the building worked, he didn't understand. Uh, and so he was just unable to communicate how he wanted the business to be run effectively at all. And everyone else who works at the company, just instead of trying to educate him, just looked at him as this idiot foreigner. Who's so yeah, everything. I was going to say, so. So he was
1: gaijin. You've, you've literally just segued on to what I was about to say. He's gaijin, right? So okay. gaijin just means foreigner. Now, the way that I got out of loads of scrapes in Japan, I wasn't in many scrapes, but basically I didn't know what the hell was going on and I needed help from anybody. So I just used to go up to people and just go, uh, can you help me? baka gaijin baka gaijin means stupid foreigner <laughs> they loved it they as soon as i was like i'm a stupid foreigner they're like yeah you are come on let us help you out it was incredible they're really polite but um yeah so uh, baka baka gaijin yeah so that's what i kept saying to people but yeah the english teachers out there at the minute you will always be an english teacher you'll always be gaijin an english teacher i've got a friend out there who is now translating video games because he can now speak japanese fluently however he's still gaijin, like, he's, he's always going to be gaijin, mm, yeah. no matter how much he ingratiates himself into their culture, and he knows a lot and has Japanese children, still gaijin, you know? So, it's yeah, it's very fascinating that basically all this stuff yeah, has still bled over. I mean, over. You,
0: you say that like it's, that's peculiar to Japan, but, I mean, you know, think of all the sort of racially motivated harassments we have in this country where you know even third or fourth generation immigrants of of um middle eastern families or or, or african or caribbean yeah. families are still treated as foreigners even though they've lived here their entire lives and their parents yeah. and maybe even their grandparents as well i, I agree yeah. with you i mean it's, it's, so, very, it's
1: very strange because the, the uk has a lot of similarities in some respects to yeah. japan in that you know we've got this rich deep cultural history mm. that, that we cling on to so we cling onto it we cling on to our class structure. They have a yeah. class structure. We still cling on to it. I'm middle class. It doesn't matter if I'm not if I'm not earning any money and I'm poor as anything. Yeah, I have yeah, been. Yeah. I'm still I'm you're still middle class. It's like no, technically you're no class. You're you're an underclass. You are classless. Yeah. You are not classy whatsoever. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's basically that. But yeah. like,
0: I think yeah, I, I think that's the one that describes me. Not not classy whatsoever. But uh, but this, uh, yeah. the point is though, that, like,
1: <laughs> I kind of get it with your Japanese culture because you're like, well. I'm a samurai. Look at these sweet swords. Look at the craftsmanship. Whereas in the UK, it's like, you've got Terry with his mutant bloody bulldog. Can't breathe properly. All right, I'm Terry. I've got this bulldog. It's (laughs) called Spike. You know, like, we have not got an amazing Uh culture, in my opinion. Um, Their culture is just, it fascinates me. It does fascinate me. Uh Um, But I suppose we should talk about how this all came to an end. Yes, yes. Because black ships, the black ships, no, no, yep, put, put black ships. Notes. The only people who are allowed to trade with the Japanese, the only nations who are allowed to trade with the Japanese during this period were the Chinese, the Portuguese, and, and, the, and Dutch. the
0: Dutch. Yeah, as you will notice, because I've used in the animation for this, I've uh, animated a flag of the Dutch East it's India Trade Company. No. Yeah, trade, yeah. I, for some reason, I struggle to say that. Trading, I, I've not even been drinking. The Dutch East India Trading Company.
1: The Dutch East India. That's
0: that's why that's there, if you were wondering.
1: Selling tea or whatever it was they sell, probably not tea. Um now the Japanese didn't like <laughs> lamb. They they found it very peculiar.
0: <laughs> space space cookies.
1: Space cookies, yeah. Well this is it. Everybody loves This is what I was gonna say, yes. There's <laughs> yeah. Dutch culture Chocolate chocolate spring. They they explored clocks. Dutch culture to the fullest. People windmills. Were, people were trying to illicit things by exploring Dutch culture to the fullest. I've done this and I suppose you have as well. Like who's mm. not been to to look at um their fine wares uh,
0: no <laughs> so oh, that's that's probably it that's that's probably it isn't it though you would like windmills and clogs and tulips windmills. like you probably only find them interesting if you were really fucking high
1: and just, yeah. <laughs> it's like this is
0: brilliant man <laughs> it just goes round around it's amazing so, so
1: there had been there had been various times when they tried to sort of roll back on this isolationism there was Kensai reforms. In 1787, um, they were, but this was when the, they, the course of growth was reversed. They were like, no, we can't, we don't need this. It's polluting our culture. Don't bring mm. it in. But people were into were trading with pirates, and there was lots of stories out there in the wider world that like Japan was rich in natural resources and stuff like that. Now, fast forward to the 19th century, mm-hmm. and the USA had settled in California. Yes, so they settled in California. Uh, They'd they manifested had, their destiny. They had manifested all their way. destiny, swept across the plains, gone to California, wagons rolled for a few generations. Uncle Alfie didn't make it, got eaten by uh, a bear. But they did all make it, not all of them, because Alfie's dead, but they did make it to... Uh, California. California. Yeah. And then they was met with this Pacific Ocean. There's a the Pacific Ocean. And the Europeans had... Uh, a monopoly on trade in most places, and the Americans didn't like this. So, Commodore Matthew Perry was sent by the then president. Uh, let's see if I can get his it's name. Fillmore. Fillmore, wasn't it? yes, it was President Millard Fillmore. Millard Fillmore. Millard was like a Millard duck. Yes, <laughs> uh, so Millard Fillmore sent uh, Perry to Japan, and he basically just said, open up trade with Japan. And if they refuse, attack them. So...
0: That's, that's America. <laughs> America. So, in 18... 18-
1: Look at our guns! Yeah, in 1853, basically, these steamboats just appeared on the horizon of um, Japan, and they'd never seen that. So a uh, a load of um, wooden boats went out to sort of meet them with samurai and swords, saying, you need to go to Nagasaki, and a load of, like, American troops with... Um, Guns and cannons just went, no, we're going to stay here. And um, Perry actually sent a, a white flag over to them with a letter in Japanese. Like, raise this. No, it just basically went, um, yeah, if you don't let us, we're not going to go to Nagasaki. If you don't let us land and discuss things with you, we're just going to destroy you. And you might want to use this, it might come in handy. So, um, Tokugawa, the, the latest Tokugawa, which was a different Takagawa to. Yes. Honestly, he hadn't. He was sick. So in July, it took a whole month. So it was a, it was June at this point. In July, they came back and they basically said, "Yeah, we'll we'll trade with you." And so Perry said, "Look, I'll come back in a year and we'll discuss this further." Less than a year. <laughs> he didn't give them a year. He came back, uh, 1854. He came back um, and they had a um, treaty in Yokohama. Now I've been to Yokohama. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of. It's actually a district in Tokyo now. Yes. But a city yeah. in its own right. That's what I'm talking... So when yeah. I say, like, Judge yeah. Yeah. Makes to- city one, to-
0: Tokyo has just swelled up. It's just sort of a massive Turkey. district.
1: Yeah. It's, a, it's a prefecture. It's the biggest prefecture. I think it, well, it could be the biggest prefecture in Japan. I'm saying things that I don't quite know if I know the answer, but it's a massive prefecture in Japan. And so, I yeah...
0: I don't think the Japanese embassy is going to come to us for... No. <laughs> not, not knowing the exact facts of their geography. But no,
1: yeah. but yes, but so... There was a a building erected in Yokohama and uh, they went across to have this conversation and uh, the Treaty of uh, Kanagua was uh, signed and that was in February 1884. Yes, so there were certain things that were agreed by March. By March they agreed certain things. First of all, the the US were permitted to uh, access different ports so uh, Shimoga and Harodat, uh, and the Japanese would assist any shipwrecked Americans sailors if necessary American ships would purchase provisions exclusively from Japan and the US would open up a uh, consulate in uh, Shimoda which is interesting you know that's very they hadn't had any consulates ever mm. in, in Japan so well, that, that yeah. was sort of the first thing And so this was it. And basically also um, the Japanese would get whiskey, which is interesting because the Japanese got loads of gifts given to them, one of them being whiskey. That might, I don't know if that was the first time they tasted whiskey, but I'd like to think it was because if you don't know this, but Japan make the best whiskey in the world. Do they? All right. Better than Scotch whiskey, Scottish listeners. I
0: was going to say, of all the, um, you know, they've not been doing trade with, with Britain and Ireland since time immemorial. And then the Americans come over with whiskey. <laughs> the Scots are oh, like, I don't believe this. We fucking made that. <laughs> Basically, it's my um, Graham Norton, for some reason, who yeah. <laughs> was on that particular trade mission. Uh, so, um, so, so Japan, let me get this straight. Japan. Uh, sorry, carry on.
1: Yeah, they make the best whiskey, just so you know. It's amazing. Um, I, this is not sponsored by a whiskey, but if you want to sponsor us... Hmm. Uh, you can sponsor us with three bottles of booze. That'd be great. Uh, so, yeah, the it was ratified. That treaty was ratified. <laughs> yeah, we
0: ain't getting Jamesons now.
1: <laughs> if we get Jamesons, I'm not going to say no. But, yes, yeah, so that was ratified in 1855. That was ratified in 1855 um, yeah. by Emperor Comey. Uh, but it wasn't valid because the Shogun hadn't ratified it, and the Shogun was the one with the actual power. Oh. Um So it's kind of like the Shogun's... It's kind of like Prime Minister, effectively. The Prime Minister's got the power and... and Shogun Showdown. Shogun Showdown, yeah. And there was a Harris Treaty in 1856, which basically superseded that and, you know, did ratify it. But this was the period where, like, this was the point where the Shogun started to decline because after the Americans had done this... All of a sudden, all the countries like, oh, so we just have to go over there and threaten them, and they'll sign whatever we want. So all of a sudden, all these different foreign powers were going over, going, sign this, otherwise we'll just blow <laughs> you to hell. <laughs> the um, British
0: says, I can't believe we didn't go there first. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, so that that's that's right. Passing um, America on the head,
0: going, you've learned well, son. You've well, learned well.
1: Well, actually, the, the the British were actually the death knell in in the Shogunate era. And there, there was two areas that were really sort of um, resistant to that, which was. Um, satsuma and uh choshu uh they disagreed and they wanted isolation to be brought back in they were like we need to roll back on this because uh, the main problem is that if if your whole society is run on people who have swords as being the highest up if you, <laughs> yeah if you've got guns yeah. your swords are useless i've got a sword and i will chop you up i've been training in this me- martial art for years bang bang yeah exactly perfect Interesting fact about that, you know the, that was improvised because he had the shits.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I did know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just... It was,
1: I can't... I'm not going to do that. Imagine if you were that guy, though. You're like, ah, this is my big time to shine. I've got to fall backwards. But yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, Sir um, Sir Harry Parks, he went to Kyoto. He basically went to sign his own treaty for the, the UK. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just... He didn't go to Edo. He just he completely ignored the emperor and went straight to Kyoto. To sign here in 1865, to sign that, to have it, because he's like, I don't want to be with the symbolic sort of like leader. I want to be with the actual judicial seat. So yeah. they did that. And then, Demio's from uh, Satsuma and uh, uh, they went over to the UK. They were the ultra-conservative regions, prefectures. They were the ultra-conservative places. that were like, we don't want it. We need isolationism. They went over to the UK. And when they go to the UK, they were just like, Oh my god, like these barbarians aren't barbarians anymore. They're really, they've really progressed. They've got stuff that we've never seen. That
0: that was after the Industrial Revolution, exactly. So, at that point, trains and yeah, so at that point, the UK was the most technologically advanced country in the world,
1: and they were just like, my god, we are so far behind.
0: Yeah, (laughs) this might have been a mistake.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so um, that was the point that that ended. Uh, The shogun died. And uh, then the, the Meiji period of restoration from 1868 to 1912 happened. Um, but yeah, so it's very interesting because the thing about all this, Matthew, is that basically it's all to do with politics. It's all to do with like wanting money and it's all to do with trade. So obviously we live in the, the UK. Yeah. The UK has gone <laughs> through Brexit. So Dejima means Exit Ireland and now we live on Brexit <laughs> Island. <laughs> Brexit, Brexit <laughs> island yeah. Uh, yeah. which isn't fan-shaped, but it should be because I need more fans. No. Because uh, hey. t- to make money, we we're going to have to sign up to OnlyFans. No. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, so basically... I don't
0: think anyone wants that. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least wor- of all I-, I
1: have actually got an OnlyFans page which isn't active at the minute because I only got one subscriber <laughs> who didn't give me any money. <laughs> my uh, My game in the amateur porn industry lasted very briefly. But <laughs> the point is that, yeah, so due to our past and our collective idea of collective consciousness of a glorified mm. past, uh, we have pulled away from the global economy and pulled away from dealing with foreigners and we've kicked a lot of foreign people out. Yeah. Uh, however, so what you're
0: saying is in a couple of hundred years, like some, some British people are going to go to other places in the world and go, oh, sh-, because everyone else will have like teleports and uh, well, they'll have the Matryoshka brain everywhere else and we'll just be still living in crew interesting you should or bring up the, the um, places interesting that, right? bring,
1: bring up the episode of um of the uh, fermi paradox fermi absolutely. paradox yeah. yeah because obviously this is this is one thing that they think if aliens ever came visiting they'd be more technologically advanced and we'd just be at their mercy which is exactly what happened to the japanese yeah. obviously the they asked the Americans to go to Nagasaki, which was a bit of a mistake because... <laughs> yeah. yeah. As
0: we all know, they, 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 they really went there. They really went there. They, they
1: went in, they went there hard. I mean, that horrified, honestly, that horrifies me to see that like twice in fairly modern history, Americans have just completely screwed over Japan. Now, I've been to Hiroshima. It, I've been to the hydro center. They dropped a bomb on a hospital. <laughs> That's what, that was the hydro center. Um, I've been to the peace museum. It made me cry. The only building that actually remained standing in Hiroshima, um, the, the closest to the Hydro Center, the, I would yeah. say, uh, was a European structure. So it's an actual European style structure. Uh, it's still there to this day. It's got scaffolding all up it to keep it up. But yeah, it's like a bombed out, yeah. like Western style building. But yeah, you, basically, you can't. You, what we should learn from this is you can't keep out culture. You can't. We yeah. live in a globalized society. Yeah. I, because, I, well, I mean, it was, it was like you were
0: saying, like, so much got through just in terms of text, even if they took five or six years to translate. And, you know, that's before the internet or anything like yeah. that. So trying to suppress other cultures from from your culture is something that's hard to do and isn't going to work.
1: Tim Vert uh, is the American astronaut who spent the most amount of time out of Americans in space. Uh, I think it's over like. I think it was like ninety five days. He was like five days off, getting his. Oh no, no, he's one hundred ninety days. It was one hundred ninety days. He spent a long time in space anyway. Yeah. But while he yeah, was, I was going to
0: say ninety days. While well, long, time. Garrett Reisman. Be, yeah.
1: Garrett Reisman spent ninety five days, and you get a, you yeah. get a hundred day patch if you've been up there a hundred days. But he was ninety five days. Like, can't I just hang around here for the extra five yeah. days, guys. No, you can't get your scalp patch. But um, <laughs> so. I mean,
0: what what would have happened if he'd just said no? What were they going to do do come up and get him?
1: <laughs> well, they were already there. It's like you're oh, getting right. in the, you're getting <laughs> in this pod. All
0: right, it's now all out
1: the airlock with him. But yeah, Tim Vert what, what Tim Vert was saying was that while he was up in on the International Space Station, uh, one of his co-workers said, "Oh yeah, Earth's been trying to contact, <laughs> contact us." Like she'd been become so disassociated with the, the world, yeah. just she just saw the whole of human society as one. Yeah, globalized, you know, mass whole, you know, but that's what we are. We just we well, don't see yeah. it that way. Well, so I think
0: it's... I think they say that a lot of pretty much all um, people who go into space do have that kind of thought. They look back at Earth and just have this kind of almost kind of euphoric, kind of terrified, kind of feeling of just yeah, how insignificant. Like yeah, just looking. I, I yeah, I'm just trying to imagine what that would be like looking, looking and being able to see with your vision. Where all of human history has happened.
1: Yeah, well, not all of human. Well, history. yeah,
0: all bar a tiny, tiny amount of human yeah, history. like
1: we now live in the twenty-first century. This isn't like a two hundred and twenty-year period, um, mm. sort of when technologically was technology was vaguely advancing only in a very short space of that. Really, it wasn't. You know, yeah, you yeah, had the printing. You had the printing press. Yeah. up to that point but other than that yeah, like it's the
0: kind of the it's the invention of the steam engine, engine so yeah, sort of mid to late 18th century mm-hmm. not it yeah and then and yeah after, after that obviously it starts to steamroll
1: hey boosh still got those terrible puns folks <laughs> but this is the point the point is that after that you know you can understand why steamships on the horizon are just like, what the hell are those black well, ships? yeah, yeah, cr- those quite, black, yeah. evil ships.
0: If you've been looking, yeah, if, if you've been used to, you know, little sailing... Little sailing, sailing boats, boats with
1: guys with swords and all of a sudden you've got rifle. Yeah, yeah, you've just got this... I mean, a Winchester yeah, pointing you, at your you, face. You, you'd
0: probably think it was a monster, wouldn't you? Like, well, that's, This yeah, that. metal thing coming so, towards you. So it, they, were like, called, yeah. they were
1: called black ships with an evil main because they used to have the smog uh, or, They had the smoke yeah, coming off Yeah, the smoke up coming, up coming out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it, but... but we are now in in a point where we know what's out there in the world and we're pulling away because we've got this idea that we're going to be something better, but we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not better. Like,
0: British exceptionalism, I think, is a massive problem that we think that we are the best in the world. And yeah, there is no shame in not being the best in the world at every little thing. And the thing is, that we, we aren't the best in the world at every little thing. And, yeah, pulling away from other countries politically, economically, it, it, yeah, is probably not going to do us very well. Well, it's
1: interesting because the Dutch the Dutch have become quite big players in this because the UK has a special relationship with America. But the Dutch yeah. have gone, well, we'll be America's access to... will be their gateway to the EU. Yeah. And that's just what the Dutch will do because, as we can tell, they, they were... They were Japan's gateway to to the rest of the world. They were their sort of like only sort of real knowledge of the rest of the world for quite a long time. And so there's no reason why the Dutch can't do that again. And um, uh, we will be like those Japanese uh, merchants who were sort of stranded for 13 years during the Reformation period, where they were like, "No, we're gonna completely lock down our borders. You can't come back because you've been tainted." Hmm. Um, And yeah, except we'll be on a car park in Kent instead, you know. (laughs) So I I think it's a shame. I I think it's interesting the fact that Japan has developed in the way that it has. It's, you know.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe in two or three hundred years, people will be coming to Britain going, wow, this culture is so weird. It's such a weird place because we've isolated ourselves for (laughs) years, So it just been really, really fucking strange compared to everywhere else.
1: But we don't manufacture pretty little paper fans with, like, uh, cherry blossom on them. We uh, manufacture Eccles Cakes. So, mm. you know... Mm. Oh, there's
0: nothing wrong with Eccles Cakes. There's nothing wrong with cherry, Eccles cherry Cakes. Cherry, But you can't
1: ones, keep yeah. yourself cool. I mean, I, I bought no. several Eccles Cakes. Yeah, I, I bought fans as well. Awesome.
0: Um, what else do we manufacture? Uh, uh, football hooliganism.
1: Uncle Joe's Mint Balls. We could be sponsored by those as well if Uncle Joe's listening. We are local. Football hooliganism, which... The Polish have already beaten us up. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah, true. They, yeah, yeah, they have yeah. uh, got that one down They've pat. We could, we could invent our own religion around bulldogs or... <laughs> or <I> don't <laughs> we,
0: we don't need to. We've already invented our own religions quite enough times, to be honest. Like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> The Church of England, like you know, Protestantism. How many wars has that caused around the world? Like, Multiple. how many deaths has that caused? And that's from Henry VIII, really, isn't it? It's just, David, wanting, David just, just wanting more than
1: one wife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this one's still alive. Yeah. You can't divorce her though. Oh, I don't want her anymore. Can't trade her in. No. All right. Uh, I'm gonna chop. I'm gonna get another bride. Yeah. I'm just gonna chop her head off though. I don't <laughs> have to do it. I could divorce her. I'm just yeah. gonna kill her though. Okay. I think the the point is that it, it's always a small minority of people trying to consolidate their power and trying to make money. That's basically it, and that's what causes these things. And uh, I don't think we should hold truck with it, but it's too late. Yeah,
0: I think I think that's the thing. And I, t- to be honest, like in terms of in terms of Brexit, I don't really want to think about the conversation of oh well, should we rejoin the EU? It's just like it's it's done now. It's done, and I cannot. To be honest, I I don't want the next, you know, in 10 years' time, all the elections being about, should we rejoin the EU? Then 10 years after that, should we leave again? (laughs) It won't be leave, but we probably will rejoin the EU. Yeah, yeah, we've... We've left and I think now it's more a case of like what should our relationship be with the EU and you know you'll you'll get some leaders who are more open to and, and some parties who are more open to being more uh, globalised and accessible and you'll get some that are more isolationist and the ones we've got at the moment are more isolationist but... Um, yeah it's how, it's just in a how very badly d- can they fuck us until we could <laughs> until we could not do that
1: it's a very it's a very disingenuous reason for isolation it's not like oh they're polluting our culture it's literally just well we're disaster capitalists and we want to make money yeah, we're just going right, to short yeah. against the uh, UK economy and that's dreadful speculation economic speculation is the worst but they didn't even have that in in the shogunate so you know uh, they just believed that we were bad because we ate lamb <laughs> 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 don't eat sheep they're lovely um mm-hmm. That's that's their advice, not mine. If you want to eat lamb, that's your decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I I'm a vegan, so I, I feel uh, contractually obliged to say don't eat lamb. But yeah, then again, I'm going to go against the stereotypes of what people think about vegans. And go, it's, it's your own damn choice, and I'm not going to come and influence you.
1: <laughs> just make sure that you use a knife and fork. Otherwise, if you do that in a foreign culture where they they do use cutlery and they see you not using cutlery, they might ban people for two hundred and twenty years. Going, these people are pigs.
0: <laughs> yeah, very true. Well, I think that probably just about covers it. Uh, yep, that, not, I mean
1: that I've I've said all yeah. I can say with uh, yeah, the knowledge not so, of not
0: that. so much of a mystery this week. Oh, there was one thing I did want to mention actually. Uh, so I have a. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had film recommendations. I've got a book recommendation this time. Uh, and so the book is called The Thousand Autumns of Jacob de Zoot. Uh, and it's a book by David Mitchell, who, uh, not the comedian, the author of Cloud Atlas. And The "The Thousand Autumns of, ja- of, of Jacob de Zoot, it's um, Jakob de Zoot, the title character. He is a Dutch trader, and it's set in Dejima, in, in Edo period Japan. Is it? Which is why I... Had heard of this at all and thought it would be quite interesting. So yeah, it's it's actually it, it, a lot of the historical things that we've been talking about are involved in this. But it's a really kind of magical, really interesting story that I didn't I didn't expect that I would be into. Like I thought a period piece in Japan. I thought don't know don't know if that's going to be my kind of thing. But actually, yeah, it's a really well told story with lots of really interesting and well fleshed out characters and there is this sort of magical kind of mysterious element to it as well which is really cool so that's that's my recommendation AJ's got a few
1: DVDs yes. that I think he wants to talk about I was going to recommend uh, Zatoichi which is a, a movie about a blind samurai I haven't got this with me but if, if I'm recommending any film by Akira, Kurosawa I'm going to recommend Akuru which means to live which is mm. one of my favourite movies of all time it's about a um, a man who has cancer and he decides that he's wasted his life and he wants to build a children's park. And that's, it goes from there. But uh, it, it makes me cry every time I see it. So oh. I recommend that highly, folks.
0: Well, there we go. I think this will end up being a fairly short episode. Might end up being shorter than our bonus, but that's that's fine. We don't have producers telling us how, how, how long we've, we've got to make our episodes. So that's that's cool. And I think after having some of the marathons that we've had in the past probably good to have a few shorter ones so people don't get bored so we will be back in two weeks when we have another episode that's similar to this i.e it's about a place rather than a mystery per se although this place is more mysterious because it's very very old we'll be talking about Göbekli Tepe an archaeological site an ancient the most ancient archaeological site in the world located in modern day Turkey yeah we'll be chatting about that which should be which should be fun we're not going to go down the Graham Hancock route um, are we I mean we, we could talk about him. we could have a laugh at all the mad things he says about Gobekli but I, uh, I quite
1: like Graham Hancock just to like I, I, I
0: like I, I mean I like him and I think I think a lot of his ideas are interesting but he's just very like unscientific I just think it's really hilarious that like,
1: basically he tries to sort of put himself as a legitimate person then starts he's very into sort of talking about psychedelic drugs he's like yeah I've done DMT and I've done loads of mushrooms I'm like okay yeah
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, his, 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 his ideas are really interesting. And I think there's probably quite a bit of weight to some of the things he says, but yeah, because he doesn't have a scientific approach of how he talks about about these things. It's just pure speculation a lot of it. Well, and gonna... that gets mixed up with stuff that is actually more provably true. It's just, I, I think it's kind of frustrating because yeah, there's, there's probably actually quite a lot of stuff that is interesting and very important in what he's saying that gets lost because of the kind of yeah. the mad way he presents it.
1: I I agree with that, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to read Fingerprints of the Gods, which I bought a long time ago and is as thick as a phone book. So that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. so that's going to be... Yeah,
0: I will... Um, yeah, I need to do quite a lot of research on Gebekli Tepe. But yeah, so, uh, looking forward to talking about that because that should be quite a good bit of fun. And as we discussed earlier, it finally gives me the turn to struggle with place names that I, <laughs> from languages that I do not speak. Uh, and yeah we'll struggle with quite a bit so uh, yeah we will see you then thanks very much for listening
1: thank you folks have a good night
0: or day